What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies. And the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus. So if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews. So check it out. Enjoy the repository. And for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their business for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Lex Euler, who's the founder of Billbox. Welcome to the show. How's it going? It is going well. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. As I was mentioning before we started recording, it's like one of the nicest days of the year here in Tempe, Arizona, and I'm feeling great about it and feeling great about chatting with you about what you're working on. For people that haven't heard of Billbox and not familiar with what you're working on, what is Billbox? What, what are you working on? Yeah, so we are a digital platform focused on patient responsibility payments. We are kind of getting, we're attempting to get rid of debt collectors from medical bills. Historically, a lot of bills go to collections because people don't know the bills exist. So we are just meeting people where they're at with a text message and an email link instead of the paper bills that sometimes get lost. Um, and in the process, once bills are paid in full, people can have them reported to credit bureaus to help boost their credit scores. So this is actually super interesting. I deal, I'm someone that deals with this problem. I, I think a lot of people deal with this problem. So like walk me through... So yeah, so it's, it's, this is a perfect example. So I, I was at, I was at, you know, uh, you know, a, a doctor's office, you know, a few weeks ago and they, they sent um, some paperwork to like the, like to like the wrong address. And we almost got the, it lost. We figured it out, but it was pretty much a pain. Can you kind of walk me through just like the, the, if someone just heard about this for the first time, what the experience would be for, um, for a patient and then maybe for a, for, for a doctor or, or someone on that end too, just so people could understand how it works. Yeah, so we are a provider first platform in the sense that that's who our like actual customer is, uh, but we're very focused on the patient experience. I've been saying built for patients by patients since this was just like a teeny tiny idea in my head. Um, but to be involved, your provider has to have signed up. So what that means is a provider, once they've billed your insurance, they get back a statement saying how much the patient owes and Billbox steps in to handle that communication. Uh, so they upload an invoice, we then reach out to the patient using a text or email. After 14 days, we also have to send a paper bill for regulation's sake. Patient gets the link. They're able to go in. Um, it's just a responsive web app. They don't have to download anything. They don't have to sign up for anything. There are certain features that do require you to create an account uh, for HIPAA regulation's sake. But uh, for the most part, if you just want to pay it, you click it. You're able to select your HSA account, a debit card, a credit card, Apple Pay. We're trying to make it as like easy as possible to pay however you want. And if you can't pay it all in full that day, you're able to set up a payment plan. There's no lending, no financing, no interest rates, nothing like that. You just are able to break it up in installments. Um, and then from there, yeah, you can report it to credit bureaus. It's a like single click option. And then we handle the automation process of that. So one more question on that front, then we'll go to the origin story. So 
I'm not aware of this might be just my la my lack of knowledge on the space, but why? So let's say I became a customer, I use this and I, and I report this to a credit to a credit bureau. What is that? Even what does that mean? What does that do? Is that like what 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 is that? Can you explain that to me? <laughs> yeah. So historically, the only time medical bills were ever reported to credit bureaus is if there is something sent to collections and they're reporting it negatively, like this person has not paid. So what we're doing is we're kind of falling in line with companies like Rental Karma and Rent Bureau, also Experian Boost, to just provide a more holistic view of people's finances. These, you know, if you're paying your medical bills on time, which is a huge expense for most Americans, you should be, you know, that should be reflected. It should show part of your credit worthiness. And so there's nothing technical that the patient needs to do. We handle all of that, but uh, it's, it's an easy way to boost your credit score a couple of points. If you can get it off of your cell phone bill or Hulu bill, you should be able to get it for your doctor's appointments as well. Yeah, that's awesome. I like that. So, so, so walk me through, you know, take me back to when you first got the idea, like what, why'd you start this? Or I guess in other words, what's the origin story? Yeah. So, uh, this all kind of started coming together officially, uh, in summer of 2020, we incorporated, I, I incorporated, I don't know who we is, but, uh, in November, but the kind of backstory is when I was in high school, I got very sick. I was hospitalized for a few weeks, um, quite a few weeks actually. And my insurance didn't cover it. So my parents refinanced their home to pay for it. And, you know, despite being very hardworking, responsible people who always lived within their means that coincided with the recession and my stepdad losing his job. And eventually my parents filed for bankruptcy over it. It's something that looking back on, I like see the generational impact. Um, you know, my parents not being able to co-sign on student loans, my parents not be able to co-sign on apartments and things like that, that um, I don't think a lot of people realize, like for me, I grew up like incredibly privileged in the sense that I thought bankruptcy was something that happened to irresponsible people or people who lived outside of their means or, you know, racked up a bunch of credit card debt on stuff that they didn't need. And I didn't, I, I just, my, my brain didn't understand how this could happen to people who were really responsible. So Fast forward a little bit in 2017, I had a $44 medical bill that slipped through the cracks after my son's birth, um, go to collections, it ended up on my credit report. My score dropped like 25 points over it because I carry a very thin profile. I like don't own a home and you know, I don't carry credit card debt and things like that. So I went through the process of trying to get it paid. I called, I paid $44 and in 2020, it was still showing up. It was the first time I was moving in a long time and was like, I need to take care of this. So. I went into Credit Karma and I saw who owned it and I called them and they were like, oh, we don't own that anymore. You need to call these people and gave me a totally different phone number. And I called those people and they said the same thing and gave me someone else's number. And six people later, I ended up back on the phone with the first person I talked to. And he was like, okay, I'll submit it for a courtesy removal, but this could still show up later if someone reports this. Later that night, I was talking to a friend in Chicago about it, and he um, is a real estate investor, and he was like, this happens to me all the time. And I something clicked where I was like, oh, this isn't income specific. Um, this person has significantly more money than me, and it still happens to him too. And he, he went on to say, like, my wife has cancer. We sometimes travel for six months at a time for treatment, and by the time we get home, these bills have piled up. Some of them have been sold to collections, and I've been through that process before. And I just, I don't have enough time with my wife to keep doing this. So we just let him pile up. And he offered me a check on the spot if I would go do something about it. And I was like, I don't know, 2020 doesn't seem like a year for new ventures. I was very wrong. 
Um, and, and I assumed that someone would have done this if it was possible. Like I was like, there must be a ton of red tape or there's a reason this won't work. And the more research I did between July and November, the more people I talked to, the more it became very clear that it was totally possible to do this. And why, you know, my explanation for why it hasn't been done is historically providers wouldn't have wanted this. Um, the majority of their revenue came from insurance. It didn't make sense for them to invest money into this. Uh, but in 2014, we started seeing these high deductible plans. Patient costs have went up 7% year over year since. It went up another 3% in 2020. And it was estimated by TransUnion that by the end of 2020, 95% of patient responsibility bills would go unpaid. So the more providers I talked to and the more they were like, we need a way to collect this payment, the more I was like, okay, there's something here. And so we brought on a couple of pilot partners um, and just wrapped up our seed fundraise. And it's, uh, you know, it's very much a thing now. I've hired a team and we're, you know, really in it, but that's kind of the, the backstory and why I care about it so much. So you said when you first started it, um, you know, about about half a year ago, a little, little more than half a year ago, you, it was you, like you incorporated it, but you just mentioned that you have a team. What, 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 what has it been like for you to like hire your first couple of employees, um, bring on a team when like, uh, when, yeah, I guess what was that process like from you to becoming, you know, more than just you? Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've worked in the tech industry for a long time. I've been a part of tons of interviews, like hundreds of interviews. So it wasn't something that was super unfamiliar for me, but I knew that I had a very specific set of people in mind of who I wanted. Um, people who understood this very empathetically, people who, you know, really cared about solving this problem. There's so many like strong technical people and there's so many strong marketing leads and and they're all very important um but I was very particular about who I wanted I mean I reached out to who is now our CTO on Twitter one night because I saw he was entertaining a job offer and I was like please talk to me and he was he emailed me right away and was like let me know when's good for you to talk and I was like I would literally call you right now if you were interested and he sent me a cell phone number and I called him at 10 o'clock at night and we talked for a little over an hour. We got on one more call. I sent his information to two of our investors and was like, what do you guys think? Like, this is who I want. And they were like, do it. And I extended an offer. And honestly, through this process, like I've, I've gotten huge checks and got to talk to really exciting people. And like, it's, it's been a whirlwind, but that night getting his offer letter back and signed was like the, the happiest moment through this entire process. And I mean, we have, we have a designer on our team who he had reached out to me and was like, let me know if there's anything I can do to help. And like, now he's, you know, a team member. Um, I was watching videos of him last night, walking me through some of the product designs. And he said something about a color choice where he was like, I never want our users to feel guilt or shame about not being able to pay a medical bill. And just instantly, I was like, I knew he was the perfect person for this. So um, it's, for me, like it's been really exciting. I know a lot of founders say like hiring and building a team is the hardest part of the process, but uh, for me, there's nothing that I've enjoyed more. And then, you know, if you zoom out a bit um, and, you know, with you and your team and, and the team will, that will grow over time, what do you kind of see for, for the future here? I guess, in other words, what's, what's your big vision um, and what direction are you rowing in for the company? Yeah, I mean, big vision, and this is, it's big vision, but it's also something I think is totally doable within the next five years is, um, I want the thought of medical 
collection companies or collection companies that deal with medical bills to be out of business. Um, it doesn't work for providers anymore. They, they need more than three to five cents on the dollar. It doesn't work for patients. Harassing people like doesn't work anymore. We just block their numbers and move on. So really like for me, the big vision is like, how do we create FinTech tools in like a healthcare use case to make medical care affordable and accessible? And in turn, you know, get people back to doctor's offices, get people into therapist's offices, help people coming out of rehab, build their credit in the process. So they're like landing in a better spot than when they went in, just really tying together the like mental, physical and financial health aspect, like together holistically. And then to make that happen, you know, it, 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 you'll need some help, right? It takes a village to make a startup work. So my question for you is how can the forward thinking founders community help? Are you raising capital? Are you hiring, looking for customers or partners? You know, what's an ask that you have for, for the community? Yeah, I mean, anyone in the healthcare community, particularly around providers, or anyone listening that seems like they have an audience that would benefit from this on the provider side, like feel free to reach out to me. Um, our hiring is pretty covered. We we have our engineering team set up. We have, you know, kind of what we need there. Uh, we're just closing our seed round. So we also don't really need any capital, but anyone on like the distribution side from a provider sense, and you can get creative. Like I, we're in conversation with a like um, elder living care chain because a lot of their like, residents it's their children who pay their bills and so we're kind of go we're looking at stepping in there to kind of automate that process so anything that you think is health related that could benefit from being able to boost your credit score from receivables like feel free to reach out and then if someone's in that category and, and they do want to reach out or just at least learn more how can they do that what's your website url do you have you know twitter facebook do you have you know an email how can someone get in touch yeah, so trybillbox.com is our URL, and you can reach me directly at lex at trybillbox.com. All right, well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much.